Chapter 7 Shadows Within the shadows is where I remained for quite some time after I died, after I returned to life, after I looked to Livia, my wife, my queen in the eye for the last time, following her attempt upon my life, and following the coup in which she and others attempted to take over the leadership of the vampire society that we had both had a hand in building. I always considered the vampire society something of my own creation, because I was the first, because I was the progenitor of our race, and because in the eyes of my people I was a god. Even I began to believe that I was as I was seen to be by others, to my detriment, especially after I walked out of the fire within which I should have died. However, instead, I walked away unharmed. After the coup, after Ophelia, I fell into a state of deep depression. Depressed because I felt profoundly hurt, because I felt betrayed, because I felt confused, because at the time I felt as if my life no longer had any purpose to it. I felt like the world that I had built for myself had come crumbling down around me. However, no matter how I was feeling, in the eyes of my people, to my fellow vampires, those who had not been involved in Ophelia's little coup, I was still their king, I was still their god, and they were still mostly loyal to me. It was my people who slowly pulled me out of the shadows, the cell of dark walls that I had constructed around myself, and it was my people who inspired me to not give up on my quest to create a life of greatness for my people. People like Valkyrie, a loyal confidant of mine whose name used to be Beatrice Sims, but who was given the name Valkyrie or Val by me shortly after I bit into her neck and she tasted and was transformed by the blood flowing through my veins and she was reborn a vampire. I do not name every vampire after they are reborn and they become a vampire. However, some vampires have been named by me and they have admitted to me that they wanted me and only me to be the one to gift them with the name of their new identity. And it turns out that most of the vampires whom I name are actually among the most loyal to me. When you become a vampire, you mostly continue to look exactly the same in appearance as you did at the exact instant before you were transformed. Before your entire body convulses as you are painfully reborn, and you slowly begin to feel the hunger within you that will ultimately lead you down the path of blood, of power, of energy, and what I like to consider to be akin to the eternal potential of a god. When I changed Valkyrie, Val, into a vampire, she was 30 years old, at least that is how old she told me she was after I first encountered her in the Old Crown Public Tavern in Birmingham, here in England, while I was attempting to drown my sorrows in the shadowy corner of the tavern, however unsuccessfully I must add. And it was inside the rowdy public tavern where and when Val, who was then Beatrice, started to flirt with me, which she was ultimately successful at because her advances were what drove me to taking her back to my home, to my bed, and then biting into her neck, giving her my blood and remaking her a vampire. And from the moment that Val and I exchanged plasma, she and I were bonded to one another, and Val would remain one of my most loyal confidants and soldiers for many years afterwards. 
Val and I only had sex with one another infrequently over the next 150 years after we met. However, we fed upon one another's blood more so. And it was Val who never ceased to believe in me and my vision for a prosperous vampire society. Which was why I sponsored her internment and attendance into all the best schools of learning where she could proceed down the legal path she felt drawn to. And it was with Val's help that I created and constructed the unwavering foundations of our vampire society that has remained mostly secret from the vast majority of human society, while existing simultaneously, symbiotically, and in parallel to one another for hundreds of years now. Val was also a brilliant strategist and instrumental in many of the battles that have been fought and the many victories that have been won over the centuries in regards to threats both global and domestic. World building can sometimes be a slow process during which patience, defiance and conviction are integral in the ultimate success of delivering a world and an interconnected society of people who all know their place and who all know what they can do and what they can't do in order to sustain the continued survival of the whole. In other words, I and my most loyal confidants built a society from the ground up that had at its foundations many rules of vampiric conduct, if you will, especially the importance of remaining discreet, hiding in plain sight and within the shadows of human society when possible. I had already began building the vampire society of my people when Ophelia had still been my queen, but in truth it was not until I engaged with Val and many other vampires to work out what kind of a society could be realised, what I wanted our people to be, and what kind of a world our people might want to live in, that all the pieces of the puzzle finally began to fall into place. Most of the world as it is at this point in the 21st century, is as a result of my actions, my intentions, my vision of a world perfect for our kind, for vampires. I almost hate to admit it, but most of the wars that have been waged by humanity were primarily as a result of me asking a question and over time formulating an answer. Of course, I did not fight in any of these human wars because I was busy building a world of my own for vampires within the world that humanity often do not appreciate and still to this day often take for granted. The vampire society that has slowly risen to such prominence and power, though still mostly existing within the shadows, grew from the ashes and out of the darkness that places and moments in time are often overshadowed by. And many of those places and moments were as a result of some of the wars that humanity fought amongst themselves for the control of a world that they had long since become less and less the dominant species of. It was during World War One, or the Great War as it used to be referred to, that I first began writing down things from my life and capturing images in art of things that I dreamt about when I rested. It was during the second decade of the 20th century that I first began writing poetry and short stories that I eventually found a way to get published in several publications, but always with a very vague pseudonym that I knew would not and could not be traced back to me, mostly just for fun and usually just because I could. I have been indirectly informed by the readers of my work that I have a natural talent for writing, for telling stories, 
for my expressive use of language and for my exceptional gift of world building. And of course, it is world building that I too consider my greatest gift and my finest achievement, especially in regards to the world that I have slowly built for vampires within the very core of the world of humanity, however, without them even realising it. I believe that I have always been a good world builder, literally as well as figuratively. However, it was a long time before I had the thought to write stories and books essentially about a fictionalised version of myself. But of course, every story and every book that I write, I permeate with real life facts from my own personal history, but with a certain poetic license for good measure. I was never in any doubt that anybody would ever truly believe that a world of vampires was in fact a reality, though some true accounts of members of our vampire society have unwittingly become public knowledge. For me, writing is an incredibly fun endeavour which over time has somewhat become an addiction for me, just like blood and the pursuit of power is for a vampire. Being a writer like being a vampire, is a way of life that you do not choose, because instead it chooses you.